turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. The devil is in the details. Yesterday, the stock market got a $500 billion plus boost from the lack of details, but the idea that Donald Trump and President Xi from China had said, okay, we're not going to do any more new tariffs. We're not going to put any, nothing's going to be imposed for 90 days. Then everything got kind of confused. Does that mean, does that mean that it goes into effect in March? Because it starts in November. Does that mean it goes into effect 90 days into the year? Some of the details got kind of pitched out the window. And we kind of just went with it. The devil's always in the details. Now we have to figure out what can we negotiate in 90 days. It's not always that easy, right? Uh, A lot of people, when you get divorced or separated, you get six months off. Sometimes it's a year because it takes time to get those details settled. And China's a big one. It typically takes about 18 months for a trade deal to be hammered out if you look at the last or this NAFTA. So you hear about Congress's delivering it book with 25,000 pages of new tax code. And you're like, okay, yeah, the devil is in the details, isn't it? So yesterday, the market giveth on China and U.S. Today, the market taketh away. I know. Thank you, William Shakespeare, for helping me out with this. Um, wow, the whole cream hunt thing. Um, throwing that out there. Uh, the NFL talking about like stand for the national anthem, but we're going to hide details on a man beating a woman, hitting her, pushing her, shoving her. I don't know. I just very, very hypocritical, hypocritical, hypocritical. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Uh, the market was up big yesterday. I said, don't get too excited because the devil's always in the details today. The market's saying the devil's in the details. Now, tomorrow, you know, Trump has said things like we got the details of the, the car tariffs worked out. And Trump's advisor's like, wait, 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 what? Can you mind telling us before you say things like that? So the market's down triple digits today. There's not a lot out there um, as far as driving the stories other than, again, China on, China off. He loves me, loves me not. So we start going back to other little stories, like Kroger's going to start selling chicken inside Walgreens. Huh. Okay. Kroger, big grocery store. Walgreens, big, uh, not grocery store. Uh, Drug retail, I guess is what you would want to say, where you go pick up your pharmaceuticals. And sometimes your makeup, and sometimes your Christmas candy, Easter candy, what have you. So Kroger's going to start selling chicken inside Walgreens. That doesn't have quite the shakeup of Amazon on Whole Foods, does it? But Kroger's deal announced 
uh, yesterday to sell food inside drugstore Walgreens. It's a 135-year-old grocery store. It's going to, you know, it hawks 2,300 products in 13 Walgreens stores in Kentucky by early next year. So kind of an experiment, kind of a, you know, um, what will CVS Health do to respond to this? What will Amazon do to respond to this? When will Amazon make a bigger push into pharmaceutical delivery? Discount retailer Target in 2017 took a reported $75 million stake in online mattress company Casper. You're like, oh, that's interesting. Like, Target is selling mattresses online? With online purchases of bedding on the rise, thanks to companies like Casper, Target hoped that they could hop on the opportunity to get involved. Casper mattresses you know, can now be found in a lot of Target stores. So, interesting partnerships that we yield, right? Macy's and J.C. Penney joining forces to test a cosmetic store concept. Kohl's now handles Amazon's returns at more than 100 of its 1,100 stores. Kohl's has explained that inviting Amazon into its stores isn't a bad idea because it brings traffic in. It's not like that app, that app that Burger King says, if you go to McDonald's and order a Whopper, we'll give it to you for a penny. So you basically have to commit to walking into a... And that one just sounds like a bad idea to me. Because you're going to be looking at the McDonald's menu and you're going to go, ooh, I can get 20 nuggets for $5. Hmm. What a deal. So maybe all your $5 or your one penny Whopper ain't worth the trip to McDonald's to make a trip to Burger King. It just seems confusing to me. It just seems confusing to me. The bond market's yelling recessions coming next year. There's a big inversion going on that investors are selling short-dated bonds faster than their long-dated counterparts. That causes, ultimately, because bond prices fall as yields rise. So the bond market is, is quite definitive. Whereas the stock market, on a day-by-day basis, kind of rolls around. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about the Burger King app. We can talk about a big dog food recall because it has toxic levels of vitamins. Um, man, puppies are the best. Aren't they? I was walking a puppy the other day, and uh, wow. Let's just say the amount of people that stop and stare at puppies. Uh, interesting. So, like, maybe we could have a puppy rental service for people. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. A lot of Americans want to retire, and they think the number is $630,000 should be enough to retire on. Some people say it's a million. Some people say it's $5 million. Let's just say, hey, I don't hear a lot of professionals saying it's $630,000. So do you have enough for retirement or not? What do you think? I think mon- managing money is pretty hard uh, because you get very emotional. So it helps if you don't have a lot of emotions. Uh, if you get where I'm going at with that. And that's one of the reasons that like using a financial planning company sometimes works because they take the emotion out of it and they turn it into a process. So check out newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. They've got a lot of downloadables at the website. We're working on revamping even more and even better ones and longer ones. But check out newfocusfinancial.com. There's one on the 25 quotes of Warren Buffett. I think that's a good place to start if you're wanting to learn what you are as an investor doesn't mean that you're going to hit the home run every single time, but it's not a bad idea. Apple's resorting to promo deals, trade-ins, to try to boost their iPhone sales. Some people, they just come out with a cheaper iPhone. And Apple's resisting that. Apple's experimenting with iPhone market strategies. It rarely uses discounts. So 
Apple has embarked on a series of aggressive trade-in offers that have temporarily reduced the cost of some of its latest iPhones, which is a rare step. So, like, for instance, uh, on top of their website, the iPhone XR is $449, $300 less than the sticker price. That is if you turn in an iPhone 7 Plus, which was a high-end handset from two years ago. So Apple's lost about a fifth of its market value since October, cutting a trillion-dollar market cap down to eight hundred plus billion. Today, Sirius Logics is out there saying uh, we make a lot of semiconductors to go in smartphones, and we're going to have a worse quarter than expected. So I'm going through a phase right now on Netflix of watching the worst holiday movies of all time. I think I have a suggestion for you: Santa Claus. It's Claus with a C L A W S. And three cats get Santa highly allergic and take over his sled. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Another day, another data breach. Quora, a question and answer website found eight years ago, started eight years ago. Says it suffered a security breach that compromised data of as many a hundred million users. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Core is kind of cool because you get to ask anonymous questions from anonymous users. Users, anonymous users can ask anonymous questions of quote unquote anonymous experts in theory. They're out there. I always fear those kind of things. But again, uh, passwords need to be reset on a regular basis. I reset mine essentially every three months. On an exact date. So figure out what works for you. Maybe it's your birthday. Three months after your birthday. Then three months after. Maybe it's Christmas. And three months after that. I do the same thing with my insurance. You know, I set a reminder to every year. Check my insurance policies. And typically it's the day after my birthday. So that just keeps me kind of on it. But another day. Another data breach. Whether it was you know Marriott and 500 million users last week. Now it's 100 million users. You got to change your passwords people. And you also have to check your credit report, because if you're like me, you've used one password multiple times across multiple sites. If you're like CFP Chad Burton, then you have some sort of super powerful, unbelievable crypto password prevention scam activated robot. I don't know which one you are, but it's okay. Huh. What else is there out there today? Yesterday, we were in love with China and all positive and all good with what was going on with the Trump administration saying, let's do this over 90 days. But trade agreements typically take about almost two years, a year and a half to two years to get the details right. So it's not a lot of time. Now you can go in and say, hey, I'm going to make a trade agreement with, with you know, China. Then you have to start saying, okay, page one. And 2,500 pages later, your agreement's ready. It's a big thing, so to speak. So that was out there as far as what's moving the markets on a short, very short-term basis. So we have a little bit of a bond market issue going on, a bond market issue along with um, treasuries. So what is pushing the yield curve? Stock market, um, it doesn't seem to have a day-to-day direction. So we want that end-of-the-year rally, but we need 10, 15 days to do a rally, right? Otherwise, we're just trading up and down a little bit. So you get the overreaction yesterday, which I was talking about, the Trump G tariff. Ceasefire, it's down, down, uh, died down as far as overreacting. The 
three-year treasury note sits at 2.84%. The five-year at 2.83%, the comparable two-year note. Um, it's all hanging in right around there. So the 10-year treasury note is just 14 basis points um, off of its narrowest loss for the year. Like So, for instance, it's just they're all kind of clumping together, and that's typically not a good sign. So more and more people are looking at the calendar year, and more and more analysts are saying next year is going to be a bit of a problem, especially if we don't get this festering China thing uh, ironed out. A fiscal third quarter revenue warning from Apple supplier Cirrus Logic brings weakness to Apple. Yesterday, Apple had a good day in the sunshine because the sunny light of the Trump G, G2 summit was, was, was feeling love. Now Apple reverses one day later because Cirrus Logic, which has got semiconductors that are packed into smartphones, it just they they say some weakness. Apple's a big company. It's a biggin. It's a biggin. And uh, sometimes not the bigger they hard, bigger they are, the harder they fall. This is probably more like a lot of companies are going to slow down if Apple slows down. You get a profit warning from Dollar General, which almost seems ironic. It's not. It's just a profit warning, but you're like, it's only a dollar. I got a dollar. I'll give you a dollar. Give me a dollar to make me holler because I get paid to do the wild thing. Wild thing. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't come anywhere near me for a dollar. So at least at least hold out for a good six pack. Toll Brothers saw that a modern nation, a moderation. That's easy for me to say. Toll Brothers said there was a moderating in demand. October 2018. Write it down. It may be the top of real estate for a while. Toll Brothers says there's a moderation in demand. They said the markets are softening further in November than October. So October, you may want to get a flag, plant it. Dollar General warning, serious logic warning. Apple got done ready to hold from buy over at HSBC Securities. Shares of auto part maker AutoZone. You always hear the commercials for AutoZone, don't you? They're up today. They blew past expectations. And AutoZone's tied towards how many people are getting new cars, how many people are using their same car for as long as they can, and then you know, replacing their headlights and windshield wipers themselves. Uh, RH, Restoration Hardware, indicated 20% higher. Woo! I go into Restoration Hardware, I'm like, uh, this is some nice quality stuff. Or Again, I'm not a furniture expert, so don't hold this conversation against me. I go in, and I'm like, this is pretty good. I like it. Uh, but then you look at the price tag, you're like, oh, I'll go Pottery Barn. And then you go into Pottery Barn, you're like, oh, things have gone up a lot. Oh, I'll go Wayfair. So people do shop around sometimes. Sometimes it's uh, a coffee table is just a coffee table, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about Bob Mueller. Robert Mueller is about to drop major new details about three of the most important players in the Russia probe. This Bueller. seems to be heating up. Bueller. I didn't say Bueller. I said Mueller. And he's um, he's reportedly told defense lawyers that it's tying up loose ends in the Russian investigation. So it's Michael Flynn, the former Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, and Trump lawyer Michael Cohen are all these major important figures. All three men have pleaded guilty and have been cooperating with prosecutors. So is there a smoking gun? Dun, dun, dun. Let's just put it this way. There's going to be some headlines that I'm not going to talk about. I'm just going to say 
the president's having a bad day or the president's having a good day due to headlines. I'm not a political guy. You would turn the station very, very quickly if you were to hear me talk politics, right? I don't, I'm not implying anything. Oh, the things that I go through for you. So the bond market's saying red flag. Recession is common. Are you prepared for that? How bad can it get? The three and five year treasury yields have inverted while the two and 10 year benchmark is flattening. That's considered a darkening tone when the yield curve is ultimately seen as a proxy for investor sentiment in the direction of the economy. Weakening global growth, trade war fears, higher interest rates, wariness over the extent of the Federal Reserve's tightening. Uh, how far will they go? How low will they go? How high will they go in this case? So we expect one more tightening from the Fed, which means borrowing gets more expensive. But if the home builder sentiment and the Toll Brothers is right that they saw moderation, and they built a lot of homes, if they saw moderation in October and even more moderating in November, it's a flag, people. Don't say I didn't tell you so. You add your flags up and you make your decisions after that. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Let's bring in a little Patrick O'Hare. Kicking off December, so to speak, his first appearance of 2018 in December, pushing towards the end of the year. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Good morning, Rob. I'm doing okay, thanks. Another great year with Briefing.com, explaining things clearly and concisely through your page one article. Thanks for everything you do. Um, As we push towards the end of the year, Santa Claus rally or no Santa Claus rally? Yeah, well, it's it's a... uh... Not to uh, waffle on you here, but I mean, it really does right. seem like a fifty-fifty proposition because I think that you, you know, investors have uh, are going to need to get acclimated here to markets that are are kind of have a roller coaster feel to them, right? Where you've got you know a really good session, you know, one day followed by a not so great session today, which is kind of what we're seeing, you know, unfold in the early portion of this week. But you know, that's really driven here by you know this. Uh, this reality that uh, there's a great deal of uncertainty that still is out there uh, that relates to the trade issue, notwithstanding what we saw coming out of Buenos Aires. And, uh, you know, by the same token, there's also a great deal of uncertainty uh, about, you know, what the Fed's course of action is likely to be, Um, although I think the market is starting to get some inkling that uh, the Fed may not be as aggressive as it was uh, previously feared to be and I think um, you know, you're starting to see some of that signaling uh, ring true in, uh, in the performance of the Treasury market. Now, from reading your page one article, we obviously have the trade war, the G2 summit between President Xi and President Trump of uh, the United States and China. Trying to That's obviously a big precedent issue. But you've been bringing up the bond market a little bit more, too. And um, the bond market, you and I talked a couple weeks ago, it's, it's a pretty smart market in the now. It seems to be signaling a recession coming. Do you do you are you standing with that? Do you feel it's a good indicator? Is it something we should be aware of? Is it? Yeah, do you want to get on a horse and be Paul Revere and tell everyone a recession is coming? A recession is coming, or are you playing it cool? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not at the point that we're just like saying that a recession is coming, but I think that you do have to respect the fact that if nothing else, the treasury market does seem to be signaling that you've got a period of slower growth ahead, um, and that does kind of jive with what 
is the prevailing expectation among economists here is that when you see the fading impact of the fiscal stimulus from 2018 uh, in 2019 uh, pitted against uh, an environment where interest rates are higher than they were uh, certainly at the start of this year. And then uh, by the same token, you've got uh, foreign economies uh, seeing a deceleration in their growth patterns. And so so it's, it's very likely that you are going to see a slower period of growth in 2019. Does that mean you're going to see a recession? in the United States, you know, I really, I really don't know, but I think that you can read some of the tea leaves uh, in the performance of, uh, of the economic sectors within the stock market uh, that would suggest and had suggested several months ago that we were likely to see some slower growth because even, uh, you know, when things just kind of started to get going in terms of the sell-off, you had still seen some pretty, you know, relatively weak showings from uh, sectors that you would expect to do well in, a, in, in an environment that was being talked about as a great growth environment for the U.S. economy. And so you saw auto stocks roll over, you saw home builder stocks roll over, you saw semiconductor stocks roll over, right? And, um, you know, we, we addressed that, you know, that you kind of had to respect that messaging because it was wholly inconsistent with what the narrative of the day was, which was to suggest that, you know, uh, the U.S. economy is immune from all of these foreign issues and is going to continue to grow at a blockbuster rate, and, uh, you know, and, and what you're seeing now corroborated in the Treasury market would uh, seem to validate uh, some of those concerns we had a few months ago. So a lot going on as far as headlines go. We're moving, I guess, into the retail season, the holiday season, and, you know, dollars and cents uh, in earnings. And from what I'm hearing, we're spending the consumers healthy. I saw Wells Fargo CEO come out either yesterday or this morning and said the consumer's doing good. How much of this, in your opinion, do we kind of say, well, as consumers doing good and um, employment's good, do we really send up the red flags about housing? Do we really send up the red flags about inflation? Do we really send up the red flags about recession? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the consumer, the consumer is doing okay, right? Um, okay. Consumer spending growth has is, is, been pretty solid of late, uh, um, but you know, in terms of the read-through, uh, when you say, for instance, you hear out of the CEO from Toll Brothers, uh, the luxury home builder uh, today, you know, talking about how they, you know, saw um, you know market demand soften in its in its fiscal fourth quarter and continue to soften in in November. So. Uh, okay. You know, so in terms of like these, you know, big ticket purchases, uh, you know, rising interest rates do matter, and you, you you saw that even yesterday in terms of some of the auto sales that kind of came you know came out and the reports about you know why there's been a moderation in auto sales. It has a large, uh, largely to do with the fact that you still have some elevated ticket prices combined with higher interest rates um, that are making it less affordable to you know to buy some expensive cars, and I think the same you know formula holds true, certainly, in the housing market, and you've seen that through a number of reports now, whether you're talking about existing home sales, new home sales, and even housing starts, right, that are all pointing to a softening in activity that you have to then trace back to reservations on the part of, of the consumer of those products. And so while uh, while there seems to be a foundation here for, for 
decent level of consumer spending and the fact that you have more people employed uh, than you did a year ago uh, and you have more people earning a little bit more money than they did a year ago, that's a good thing, you know, and it probably benefits some of those items, you know, some of the more disc- uh, less expensive discretionary categories like dining out or clothing, things like that. But when you get into big-ticket purchase items, uh, these rising interest rates do matter, and you're starting to see that show up in the data. It's kind of interesting on some of these things that you and I talk about, you know, uh, confidence and such and how it ties into big ticket items. Last year, I bought something really big ticket. This year, not so much. Um, and I don't think a lot has changed, but maybe the headlines are spooking me a little bit more. And I'm kind of like, going, I don't really need that new furniture. I'll, I'll write out my old furniture. So some of the things that you say do translate. And I'm just telling you, it's in a very human way. It kind of makes me smile that I am that easy to predict. Um <laughs> What are you what are you working on at this point in time that we should be thinking about? Is it should we be thinking about 2019? Just maxing on our 401k? What advice are you giving to the the people? Right. Well, you know, we've kind of maintained a fairly conservative outlook throughout 2018. You know, even at the start of the year when we we basically made the point going into 2018 that, you know, you had the potential to have another good year in the equity market, but things had to really line up in a very perfect fashion as it related to earnings growth and interest rates and inflation rates. And, you know, earnings growth certainly lined up and then some, right? So great earnings growth throughout this year. Interest rates, however, became a, uh, became a headwind. Um, they started to increase, um, you know, pretty noticeably, certainly at the short end. Uh, but but you saw longer data rates also pick up as well. But and and then of course you had the Fed uh, raising its policy rate, and so that became a became a headwind. And you know, inflation rates have been pretty pretty stable. You know, starting to pick up a little bit, but but all in all, um, you know, the, the, what the market is running into as we look into 2019, and what I think you know listeners need to uh, account for is just really uh, you're going to run into difficult comparisons, um, and that's going to be a, a headwind of sorts for the equity market. Um, you know, granted, we're entering 2019 at a somewhat lower valuation than what we entered 2018, but you're also battling against higher interest rates as well. So the ability to kind of expand the market multiple will be more challenged in 2019, and so it's probably going to be one of those periods where stock selection will be key, and it might be a little, uh, uh, I don't know, a little disappointing in terms of what uh, return prospects look like at the index level. It's not to say they're going to be negative, it's just maybe perhaps a lot more um, smaller than what uh, investors have grown accustomed to seeing in recent years. Is there anything else as we wrap up the segment that you want to throw out there for investors and readers of briefing.com to be chewing on as far as a nugget uh, any sectors sure. any ideas any thoughts you want to throw out sure well you know we've got an important uh, piece of economic data coming on on friday in the form of the employment situation report for november and it's interesting that you've got this yield curve flattening taking place right now and, and while there's also concerns that you see some pent-up wage pressures that could be starting to come to the fore so you know we'll be watching that average hourly earnings figure and what it does on a year-over-year basis and how it might impact some of the directionality in the Treasury market right now, because clearly the pain trade in the Treasury market is uh, is seeing uh, longer-dated yields move lower. Uh, a lot of people were positioned for them to move higher. So, uh, so if we get a um, you know a soft number here on the average hourly earnings number, you could see a further drop in long-term yields driven by short covering activity. 
Thanks very much. We'll probably talk a couple more times this year. As always, thanks for the work that you do. And Briefing.com does an excellent job of presenting data in a non-biased way, in my opinion. It's Briefing.com. I start my day every day with Patrick O'Hare's article, The Big Picture. Uh, not The Big Picture. That's the end of the week. But page one is the five-day-a-week one. And when he's gone, I miss it. So when he takes vacation, it's, uh, it's still published. It's just not with his... His zazziness, uh, the Powell wow, hope and fear, the common messages that we can kind of get behind and see things as they, they should be seen on Wall Street. I think Wall Street's damn entertaining. And people that could put it in, in entertaining ways and digestible ways is fantastic. I hope that I've you know, motivated some people to start a 401k. Um, I know that I have. I know that you know, retirement's not going to be what you think it is. A lot of people think you need $631,000 to retire. You're going to need somewhere between one and five million per person, in my opinion, depending on how old you are and how much you earned in your life and how much you saved outside of that 401k. Um, if you had a house that's paid for, are you comfortable with that? Lots of questions. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's Rob Black Show. You can find Patrick O'Hare at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Take a break. Be right back. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. The French are protesting a fuel tax increase. It's kind of interesting how in the United States we don't get that full-fledged anger as much. Um, I hate California's tax system. I hate it. I hate their school systems for what you get for your taxes. I hate it. And those are the two things that I care about. Now, you may go, I wish they had most social services. You may go, I wish they had better job training for seniors. We all have our political views, and that's why I try not to push mine out. Burger King changing the topic to, what can you use that $1,000 smartphone for? To get a $1 Whopper, right? So listen to this incredibly dumb story that's telling you where things are going and how marketing's happening today. Burger King has a new penny Whopper deal. But you got to get a McDonald's first. So Starbucks has an app, and it's considered universally, not universally. Critics love it. They get you to order before you get there. They get you to pay before you get there. They're trying to grease the skid, so to speak, to make it a, a, a frictionless transaction. Now, few things are more ingrained in our minds than Big Macs versus Whoppers. We know this whole battle since we were children. I'm loving it. Now, Burger King's trying to say, well, okay, let's, let's steal a little bit of the Starbucks thing and get a better app going. But let's also take a shot at McDonald's. Let's use the technology that the kids have in their hands today and merge the three together. So Burger King's got a new app coming out. And you have to have the Burger King app, and it teaches you about mobile ordering. That's what this whole campaign's about, using their app for mobile ordering. But you have to go to a McDonald's, turn on your GPS... The app will confirm that, yes, you are truly at a McDonald's, and then you place an order for a Whopper. It's kind of a geofencing McDonald's locations. It seems to me like, why are you sending people to McDonald's if you really want them to order from Burger King? But the app, when you're at McDonald's, will suddenly, if you order from the McDonald's location inside, you see, it starts getting complicated. But then you can order a Whopper for a penny while you're inside the McDonald's, inside the geofence. Then after you order is placed, you can now be detoured to the nearest Burger King to pick up the burger. Does that not sound a little too complicated? Or like it might backfire 
Who was the the wise guy who said, "Let's go, let's send people to McDonald's to order Burger King," right? Where's the beef? I don't know. I know where is the beef, Clara Power. I miss Clara Power. Talking about a day of mourning. Where were you when Clara Peller died? Don't have an answer. There you go. There you go. We kind of let her go too soon, and we forgot all too fast the where's the beef lady. So it's so complicated, this Burger King app, that you have to check to even see if it's going to work at the McDonald's you want to go to and at the Burger King that you would possibly want to get a, a Whopper for a penny. Oh, I've got a horrible story about Whoppers in college. You know, I can't tell you the... the the story of um, certain events in my life. Dave Matthews, there was a, a interesting, really interesting, but I can't say it because it's kind of R-rated. And then there's the Burger King Whopper story that I can't tell you. Behave yourself. But um, it didn't involve me, but let's just say Whoppers and alcohol don't mix. Yeah. Especially when it comes to romance. But it didn't involve me. So don't, don't put your head too much together on this one. Global markets are slipping today. Why are global markets slipping? Because the holiday that we were giving to China and U.S. seems to be kind of going to be a slippery slope to solve in 90 days. And a lot of people are selling the rally. That's why we sold some of our winners yesterday. And today we're like, oh, market's slipping down again. And I say we, I'm talking generically. So Apple's lower today, in large part because of what's going on with their suppliers. Do you hold Apple, or do you say it's already pulled back 20 25% and Warren Buffett holds it's good enough for him, good enough for me? Or do you say once it hit a trillion, it, it has that trillion-dollar curse where large companies become bloated and, and tough to manage? It's not unheard of to be negative on a company like Apple, when last year they opened up their big space station offices. It looks like a big UFO. Some people would say that's like Rome. You know, it got Rome got to the point where it was so glorious and so wonderful that when it started falling apart, we needed gladiators to fight each other to entertain our people. That's never a good sign. Rome was considered decadent. Apple's offices are considered decadent. I'm not saying put the pieces together. Just throwing it out there. So France has a fuel problem fuel tax problem. And I think it's going to be inherited by the United States. Call me crazy for saying that, but I do think that's true. Other big stories of note today. Um, big home builder, Toll Brothers, said things might have peaked in October and they got a little bit worse in November. So housing, if you own a house, a lot of people are saying, you know, is now the time to sell? And the question with that one is, what are you going to buy? Right? Um, Apple's been re- resorting to a lot of promotions. A lot of people think that's a bad thing where you could see a brand new phone for like $500, but you have to turn in your old $800 phone. And Apple's not big into promotions. So it's going to be an interesting holiday season to say the least. Amazon. Oh, do you know Amazon's got a warehouse where you can get stuff 20% off? That's not a bad thing. So on their website, search for Amazon Warehouse where you get refurbished like new and very good. Um, not a bad way for video games or widescreen TVs or Bluetooth speakers to go. Amazon's got coupons. You can visit Amazon's coupon site as well. Amazon's got a credit card that gives you 5% off your purchase. There's ways to save money, and some of them are pretty darn smart. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. <laughs> 